Greetings, Embers, and welcome to Back to Ashes. My name is Phoenix. I would like to thank the reformed members of the channel. Tina Mead, Seven, Les Crispin, Tammy Clayton, CAG, Denise S, Through Scrutiny, Samantha Place, Stephanie McLaren, Corpse Lover, Norman D.W., Chrissy Elias, Cindy Cleveland, and Patty's niece. If you would like to find out how you can become part of the Back to Ashes family or would like to buy me a coffee as a special thank you, those links can be found down below. Also, if you are new here and enjoying what you are hearing or have been here and haven't done so yet, please don't forget to subscribe, like, share, and comment. Not only does it help the channel out, but it also reminds you of every time I upload a video. With all of that being said, it is time to go back to ashes. For once we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and a happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in to get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Home Invasion Stories. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play, and after that there will be no more ads within this video. It was a Sunday afternoon, and my boyfriend and I had just got home from a weekend camping trip. We unpacked quickly, and he went to shower right away before he had to leave for work. I anxiously kept unpacking everything and hated the fact that I would be alone in the house until around 11 p.m. when he got back home. Our house is old, creepy, and kind of secluded. After he left, it was my turn to shower. I always made sure to shower when it was light outside, so I wouldn't be as paranoid about every noise. I get out of the shower, wrap my hair up in a towel, and threw my house coat on. Laying on my bed, playing on my phone, I heard the front door handle jiggling loudly. I waited for a moment and heard the front door jiggle more aggressively. Feeling irritated, I immediately assumed my boyfriend forgot his work keys, house keys, or phone and had to turn back, meaning he'd be late for work. I got off the bed annoyed and went to open the door for him. When I got to the door, I saw a strange man staring back at me through the door window. He was holding the door handle and turning it. We made eye contact and his eyes went wide. He took off running and I ran to the back door to make sure it was locked. I grabbed my phone and frantically checked out every window to see if the man ran to the backyard. We don't have any fences and live in a wooded area. I couldn't see him or find him. At the time, I didn't know if he came because he knew I was home alone or if he had been watching the house and saw that it had been empty the past few days. Either way, I grabbed my car keys, scooped up the dog, and got the hell out of there. I'll provide a bit of a background for everyone before I get started. I'm currently 29, and this took place when I was 14. I had just started 8th grade. I grew up in Southeast Texas, and as I'm sure many of y'all know, fall is still very much a part of hurricane season. It was a Friday night, and it was just me and my mom at home. My dad was out of town for work. I originally had plans to go spend the night at a friend's house, but there was a tropical storm coming, and my mom decided last minute that she would rather have me at the house that night. I was pissed. Tropical storms weren't normally looked at too seriously. I honestly felt like she was overreacting. Of course, this was my I'm 14 and therefore so grown up mentality at work here. My mom did feel bad, so we rented a bunch of movies and ordered a pizza and got a bunch of ice cream for a great night in. My parents' bedroom was on the opposite end of the house from mine. Okay, this is important for later. We lived in a split-level home. The house I grew up in was built in 1950 and was a post-modern style. Think Frank Lloyd Wright. The entire back part of the house was all floor-to-ceiling windows, about 8 to 9 feet tall. Think of just a huge wall of glass. The whole house was an open floor plan, so the kitchen was the first to find room with walls on the first floor. And my bedroom was directly off the kitchen, while my parents' room was at the top of the stairs. I apologize if this is difficult to visualize, 
This was a modern-style house, and it's difficult to describe. She had gone to bed around 10 p.m., and I went to my room to watch two movies that I had rented for just myself. The storm was really starting to kick into high gear. The wind was picking up, and it was raining sideways. I was in the middle of watching The New Guy. Haha, uh -huh, I know. And I still remember looking at my clock, and it said 12.53 a.m., I was getting tired and could feel my eyes getting heavy. With the weather so bad, I remember thinking that maybe it wasn't so bad I had to miss the sleepover. I must have dozed off because the next thing I remember is a huge crash. It was one of the big windows in either the dining room or living room. Our neighborhood was in a really wooded area and I thought that a tree or branch had fallen in the storm and had broken the window. I left my room and went out through the kitchen. Right as I was approaching the doorway from the kitchen to the dining room, I could see my mom coming down the stairs. I saw a man standing in our dining room covered in broken glass and blood. Due to where he was standing, I couldn't get to my mom. He was young, early 20s, and was soaking wet and had no shoes on. He had literally run through our window. He was bleeding all over had glass sticking out of him, and was standing barefoot in a bunch of broken glass. It took him a second to register both me and my mom, but when he did, he immediately launched into an explanation of how he was being chased by someone who wanted to kill him, and we needed to call the cops. My still fairly innocent 14-year-old brain didn't doubt this at all, but my mom was eyeing him suspiciously. We move into the kitchen and my mom grabs her purse and my arm to keep me close. I had grabbed a kitchen towel to try and help his bleeding. My mom pulls out her cell phone and starts calling our neighborhood patrol. I notice this and so on our landline, I called 911. We both finish our calls and now we're just waiting. The guy couldn't sit still and kept getting up and looking through our kitchen windows and pacing back and forth. He didn't seem to notice that he was all cut up and bleeding everywhere. He starts muttering under his breath. What happens next happens really fast and becomes blurry a bit. But the doorbell rings. It was our neighbor patrol that my mom had called. The doorbell sent the guy into a complete panic. He jumps up and suddenly he grabs a hold of me. He has me in a chokehold and my mom is now screaming to please let me go. He starts looking around all frantic and is pulling me through the dining room and living room towards our stairs. At some point, the bell rings again. My mom is following, still begging to let me go. He has me at the stairs, and my mom has the choice now to go to the front door to open it or follow him up the stairs. She runs for the door, just as he pulls me up the last of the stairs. I hear our alarm start blaring. Normally, we arm it at night, so you would need to type in the code before opening a door. He pulls me into my parents' room, but as soon as we got into the room, he drops me and starts to freak out. It was apparently all the lights. He starts smashing lamps, trying to get all the lights off, screaming that they were burning him. There's a small garden off my parents' bedroom, and they have garden lights that turn on at night. He takes a chair and throws it at the glass door, trying to smash it so he can get to those lights. At least that's what it looks like. I had crawled to a corner to get away from him at this point. When he completely turns away from me to grab another chair, I make my run for it. I run down the stairs. The cops have made it into the house at this point and were at the bottom of the stairs with their guns drawn. One of them grabs my arm and pulls me out of the way once I reach the bottom and takes me outside to an ambulance and my mom. The adrenaline is coming down and it hits me what has happened and I start shaking and can suddenly feel pain around my throat from where he had been holding me in a chokehold. There's a lot of yelling and screaming from inside and then maybe 10 minutes later, the cops come out with the guy in handcuffs. He sees me and tries to lunge at me, which was terrifying. I had a bruised windpipe, but was otherwise okay. 
I learned later that the guy was 20 years old and a chemistry major at one of the universities in town. Together with some friends, also chem students, they had made their own PCP. He had never tried PCP before and had a bad reaction. They had been driving to get some food when he first started acting paranoid and upset, and then at the drive-thru insisted they let him out and took off. Thinking you're being chased is a common hallucination to have when you start having a bad trip on PCP. Light sensitivity is also a common side effect in general for being high on PCP. But he wasn't a bad kid. He'd never been in trouble before, was a good student, and pretty much the last person you'd think of that would do something like this. Our house was the only house on our street that wasn't completely fenced off. And that's how he was able to reach the back and those windows. When I got older, it really hit me just how easy it is to become that kid. I had friends who wound up being chemistry majors and also DIY'd some of their own drugs. Thankfully, the night didn't end up worse because it definitely could have gone in an entirely different direction. This happened last Friday, and I'm still stumped. For reference, I'm a male in my late 20s and live with my girlfriend who is currently away on business. I work for a large financial institution in the UK and often work till very late, as I hate bringing work home. For some background information, we bought our current house a few weeks ago, and during the move-in process, I was away with work, leaving it down to my partner and a few friends. My car has also recently had a complete electronics failure, so we were down to using just her car. The house itself is located in a small gated community off of a country road on the outskirts of an upmarket town in the UK. It's surrounded by woodlands, and if you didn't live here or know someone else who did, chances are you wouldn't have heard of it or even know of its existence. In total, there are eight houses in the community, and the main gate gives access to the first six, where my house is located, and then there's a further two gates at the top of the road, which led to two very large mansion-style houses. The houses, which haven't got individual gates, are all about 100 feet away from each other and have enclosed rear gardens, and the neighbors are all business types who were very often in work and keep themselves to themselves. Anyway, about two days after leaving for my business trip, I get a call from my girlfriend who seems shaken and tells me that there is a man standing in the garden and that she can't see his face, but he's walking around and crouching in the tree line. So, concerned, but not 100% convinced that she does have a vivid imagination and it's the first time she's been home alone in our new house, I tell her to lock the doors, go to bed, and call the police if she sees him again. I return to our city's train station on Tuesday and agree with my girlfriend that she'll pick me up in her car. Then I'll take it home, as she's scheduled to go to Manchester for a conference. I meet up with her, grab a coffee, see her off to her train, then drive her car back to our house. The time is roughly 9 p.m. I park the car on the driveway, head inside, shower, watch some reruns of King of the Hill, then head to bed. Then get woken up by a light being shown into the bedroom window from downstairs. I get up to investigate, crouching to avoid being seen, and head into the study next to our bedroom and open the curtains that cover some French doors that lead to a small balcony. My heart drops when I see that a man has now moved towards the back door and is trying the handle. The house is in L-shape, so although I can see him, he can't see me without moving around from the back door. He stops for a while, begins flashing the light on and off, back into the woods, before walking calmly back into them. I call the police and make a report. Nothing happens on Wednesday, but on Thursday, when I'm giving our cat a bath, she's a sphinx, she needs them. I hear the garage door being messed with. I'm in the bathroom directly behind the garage, so 
move into the kitchen to go get a knife before heading into the garage to check what's going on. When the noises stop, and I hear running down the driveway and away from the house. I call the police and they send an officer around to check the property. All they find is some knife marks and scuffs on the bottom of the garage. On Friday, I get my car delivered from the dealership and decide to work from home. I also park my car in the garage, leaving my girlfriend on the drive. At around 11 p.m., I'm in the upstairs study listening to music and working when I find myself freezing. I thought I was going to stop breathing as I felt someone watching me. And turning to face the French doors, I see a man, nondescript looking, around 35, wearing a coat and gloves, carrying what looked like a torch standing on my balcony. Our eyes meet. Now filled with rage, I go for one of my golf clubs from my golf bag and charge towards the door. He climbs down off the balcony and runs off into the woods. I've never seen this man in my life before, but I am sure it's the man that's been causing problems recently. It's also dawned on me that he would have only seen my girlfriend before and only seen her car. Maybe he thought she lived alone? I've notified the police and have bought some more security cameras to install on the property, as well as park my car on the drive with hers. We don't know who he is or why he's doing this, but we're hoping it won't happen again. Update. Life has been hectic, and in all honesty, these events have become more personal and traumatic, which has resulted in us searching for our next home. Luckily, we have cleared our small mortgage by making as many overpayments as possible, so we were able to get out, but due to the lockdown situation here in the UK, our search has been put on hold. Unfortunately, our cat went missing four months ago. She was only two years old, and unfortunately, we don't hold out much hope of finding her. Around two months ago, I returned home to find her collar placed on the outdoor seating we have. I believe this to be an antagonistic move by the person or people who have targeted us. I have since changed my car due to continued electronic glitches and software issues and have had the new car damaged. I have also had the number plates unscrewed and placed inside of our hot tub at the rear of the property. A high-powered laser has also been shown from the woods behind our house into the living room on evenings. I have some footage of a figure moving around in the woods in the evening, but it's not too clear. The cameras we had ordered were pretty useless and were destroyed within two weeks of having them when my partner and I were away. We are now certain that whoever is doing this is not looking to commit any act of theft, but to intimidate or harass us. I have ventured into the woods behind our house along with the next forces friend to look for any signs of life and to get a better idea of where these people may be coming from. But we found nothing. Although we both felt watched the entire time and Greg, my pal from the army, even acknowledged this himself. This is a guy who is pretty hard to shake and has done several tours of service. We are hoping that we will be able to relocate when the lockdown is ended and life returns to some type of normality. For reference, I'm from Australia, female, and at the time, I was about 15 or so. The story starts with me as a teenager living at home with my mom stepdad, whose name is Richard, and four siblings. Back in those days and having three brothers, I was a pretty hardcore gamer. My mom was a pretty heavy sleeper since she was working full-time and caring for my stepdad, who had stage 4 testicular cancer, so I'd spend most of my nights staying up late gaming. One particular night, at about 2 a.m., I could hear someone walking around the backyard, you know that crunching of grass, the slight shuffle of boots on concrete? The fact that the family dog, Sammy, wasn't barking led me to believe that it was just my stepdad. My stepdad often walked around the backyard at night to help with his restless leg syndrome, 
that was caused by the chemo. The restless legs would keep mom awake, so he tried to walk it off so she could get some much-needed rest. So, as far as I was concerned, nothing was out of the ordinary, and I gamed on. Quite a bit later, I heard some noises in the kitchen, and I again assumed it was just my stepdad taking painkillers or making a sandwich, which was pretty normal, so I naturally ignored it and gamed on again. I eventually went to bed, and when I woke up in the morning, Mom was on the phone looking very shaken, and she motioned for me to sit down at the table. I was still pretty groggy and out of it, but I started to feel a bit panicked. Mom was meant to be at work. She rarely had days off, even when she was sick, because she had five kids and one very sick husband to take care of. Finally, she gets off of the phone and sits down. Mom tells me that during the night, someone was in her room. She said that she thought it was my stepdad at first, and the conversation went something like this. I'm paraphrasing, by the way. It was a long time ago. Mom, what are you doing? She could see someone near her chest of drawers where her jewelry box was. Him, nothing. Go back to sleep. Richard, is that you? Yes, go back to sleep. She was pretty out of it because she was half asleep, but she remembered that something about the whole exchange just did not feel right. She said that it didn't even sound like my stepdad speaking and that she'd woken up because she heard something drop on the ground. She didn't think too much about it at the time because of how tired she was, so she rolled over and went back to sleep. In the morning when she got up, she saw that her jewelry box was on the ground and a few pieces of jewelry were missing, including priceless family heirlooms that were willed to her by her late grandmother. She went to the kitchen and saw that her phone and my stepdad's phones were missing. So, using the landline, back when people still had those, she calls the police and we later on learn the rest of the story. Our backyard faces a communal nature walkthrough type of thing. A man climbed over our fence. There's a gate, but we always keep it padlocked. And walked around the house checking all the doors to get inside which is why I could hear all that shuffling and scuffling outside. We later learned that my younger sister had snuck the family dog into her bed that night, which is why Sammy didn't bark at the intruder. My mom's bedroom has a sliding glass door into the backyard, but she never locked it because she didn't see the point. The man had gotten inside through that door and must have noticed the jewelry box, but it was obviously very dark, and he dropped it as he went to pick it up, thus waking mom up. Once they had their little conversation and mom had gone back to sleep, he went into the kitchen and started looking for anything of value. He found the phones, pocketed them, and promptly left through the laundry door and over the fence. My stepdad had actually chosen that night, of all night, to take a late night stroll through the neighborhood to clear his head and help with the restless legs. He'd gotten back after everything had happened and was none the wiser until morning. The police told us that we weren't the only people whose house was invaded that night. Apparently, four other houses had been hit and that there was a huge priority on finding this perpetrator. And, funnily enough, my mom's and stepdad's phones were both found in someone else's house. So they thankfully got their phones back a few days later. A few weeks after this whole ordeal, we learned that the intruder has been found. Sadly, he sold the family heirlooms for drug money. Dude was just a scummy meth head, but he had a gun in his possession, and it was just luck that no one was harmed with it. He was eventually sent to prison. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. 
Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. This happened four years ago at my then-girlfriend's house. She lives in the sticks of North Carolina with the neighbors on either side about a half a mile away. Her parents and older brother were home, and for context, we were both 15 at the time. It was around 11 p.m. on a Saturday, and a car pulled up in the driveway. The headlights shined through my girlfriend's bedroom window, and we heard a car door shut. My girlfriend and I figured it was a family friend or someone who was coming to hang out and drink with her parents. We didn't pay it much mind. About 10 minutes later, my ex's father comes into the room looking frantic. He tells us to lock the windows and to grab her gun just to be safe. He walked out of the front door and we sat with her mom and brother in the kitchen. Her dad comes back around two minutes later, walks into his bedroom, comes out with a handgun, and walks out of the front door again. We had no idea what was going on, but soon we heard her dad yelling. Then he walks back inside, saying he took care of the situation. He told us that there was a car parked in the driveway with the headlights off and a person in the driver's seat. He said that he reached for the door handle, but the person looked up and whipped it in reverse out of their driveway. However, he thought that there was still someone in the woods because of the car door that we had heard, so he walked back outside with a flashlight and his gun. When he came back in, he told us to lock everything and for all of us to stay in one room. He said that as he was walking around the house, he shined his flashlight into the woods and there was a trail of reflectors that were stuck to trees leading from the road to their house. He fired his gun a few times to hopefully scare them away. Thankfully, nothing else happened. It was a nerve-wracking experience nonetheless. Was this person planning on robbing us? murdering us. No idea, but I'm glad we didn't have to find out. We all sat and slept in the living room together, and I left the next day. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention some information. The reflector things were screwed into the trees, so this was definitely premeditated. Her father left them up for the night, but took them down the next morning. This happened about five years ago, two weeks before my 15th birthday. My family, parents, younger brother, and I had just moved into a relative's house since ours was being remodeled and repainted. It was just a matter of one month, but my brother and I were still pretty excited to be moving into a new house. The day we moved, our parents had to go to a friend's birthday party, but since it was a school night, My brother and I stayed home and had pizza for dinner. When the clock hit our bedtime, we went to bed almost immediately. Our parents are pretty strict about curfews. I should mention that in our new house, we were sharing this room that had a single bed in the corner and a mattress that we had got from our old place on the floor, parallel to the door. I got the bed and my brother slept on the floor. We switched off all the lights saved the nightlight and went to bed, but instead of sleeping, just started chatting. We hadn't shared a room in forever. While we talked, I felt like I heard something downstairs a couple of times, but I wasn't sure. I was certain that it wasn't my parents, though. My mom had a habit of coming into our rooms to ensure that we were asleep every night. My parents came back home from an outing at night. 
So I asked my brother if he heard anything, and naturally he told me I was a moron and flipped me off. I didn't hear anything anymore, so I went to sleep. Right when I was about to drift off, I felt something crawl into the bed with me, something that was shaking like a leaf in a tornado. I almost screamed, but soon realized it was my brother. He wasn't shaking. He was crying. He told me that there was someone outside our door. I didn't even think he was joking. He was too shaken up to do that. And I could see tears on his cheeks thanks to the nightlight. I almost immediately realized that he must have seen someone through the gap between the door and the floor. His bed was placed such that if he lay on his side, he was facing the door. I stood absolutely still for 10 seconds, whispered to my brother to hide under the bed, moved very slowly toward the door without making any noise, and deadbolted it. Despite my best efforts, it did make a loud pluck noise. Not a second later, and I swear on this, I saw the knob turn, and with great force too. The person tried the knob a few more times, then started banging on the door, not saying a single word. The whole time I was leaning against the door, scared that it would give in if the person was super strong. Looking back, I realized that wasn't possible. Thank God. Anyway, the motherfucker banged on the door for like 10 minutes straight, and I joined my brother in his crying. And quite audibly so, now that I think about it. What I mean is, they must have definitely realized we were just kids. When the banging stopped, we heard the person run downstairs, but neither my brother nor I dared to move an inch. We didn't have cell phones in the room either, and I sure as fuck wasn't going out to check if it was safe. When my parents finally did get home, they started shouting for us because the front door was wide open. Only when they came to our door and we heard their voices, individually confirming they were our parents indeed, did we open the door. The police were called. They checked the house and made sure it was safe for us. What was weird was that nothing valuable was missing. Everything from my dad's work laptop to our PlayStation was untouched. I don't think they ever did catch the person because we never got a call from the police. Whoever the psycho was, I hope we don't have to deal with him anymore. I lived in an old shack-type house on one half acre. It had three bedrooms and one bathroom. The house was simple and small. The living room on the right, the kitchen and back door to the left, two bedrooms and the bathroom between them, and a door from the living room that went straight back into the bedroom. I filled that room with boxes of my things for storage because there was no garage. I had quite a few friends from all walks of life. I wasn't working at the time, and they knew my door was always open just to come say hi, stay for coffee, or play a few card games. It almost felt like my home was a hub for everyone to just leave your problems on the doorstep and relax for a moment. We even had a projector and would display movies some nights on the wall of this two-story building next door. It was a pretty fun time. Well, I never discriminated. If you were hungry or tired or needed a shower, my home welcomed you. Be kind to me, and I will be kind to you, sort of thing. We even got raided a few times, thinking we were selling drugs because of all the activity going on, but they were sadly mistaken. One day, a friend showed up accompanied by this guy with very kind eyes, but he seemed very sad inside. He was hungry, so I made him lunch. He was a good conversationalist, and we all laughed for hours. My friend said that he didn't know the guy that well, but he seemed nice enough. He kept complimenting me, which of course made me uncomfortable, so I asked him to stop. He came back a few more times with his friend, and once by himself. I didn't mind. I was never really alone with him. Well, time went on, and he just stopped coming over altogether. I didn't think anything of this. People move on. After a while of living there, things started to feel strange in my home, even when I 
was alone. It didn't feel like I truly was alone. Things started to feel off. Things were being moved. A few dishes were not where they were supposed to be in the cabinet. My bathroom mat was wet when I haven't even showered. I made sure every time I left, I locked things up and I had the only key. My friends definitely thought I was losing it. It was close to Christmas, so we put up a tree and everyone had a chance to put something on it when they came over. It was delightful, but soon after the feelings of concern all flooded back when the candy cane started to disappear and the ornaments were rearranged every other day. What the hell was going on? A few days later, we had a small get-together, just some close friends from out of town. We all got a little tipsy, so I told them they could sleep over. My friend Tom and his girlfriend in the other bedrooms and his sister on the couch in the living room. The next morning, I was up first. I went to make coffee and asked my Tom's sister if she slept well. No, not at all, that jerk. I laughed because I thought she was joking. She was alone in the room. Who could she be mad at? She said her brother Tom was snoring all night. Just then, Tom's girlfriend came out of the room saying, What are you talking about? He doesn't snore, but I heard that too. I put my hands up and said my door was shut, that I didn't hear anything. Later, we were all eating breakfast, and Tom's sister asked him how he could eat so much with everything he ate while everyone else was sleeping. We all looked at each other like she was crazy. Sis, I didn't get out of bed last night. She argued that somebody, a man, went to the kitchen and got food, then went back out, came back in and stood in front of the couch, sucking on a candy cane before going back to bed. He and his girlfriend insisted that it was not him. Okay, it didn't feel haunted, but maybe it was. Well, Tom shared his concerns with me being there alone, and to be honest, I was pretty freaked out at that point myself. Well, word got out that Tom was in town, so it wasn't long before some friends came over to visit. They were only there for about 30 minutes when Tom asked us all to go outside and check out something in his car. I was in the middle of something, but he put my arm in his hand, looked me straight in the eyes and said, You have to see too, while leading me out the door. Once we all got outside, Tom turned to all of us and told us not to go inside. And two of his friends grabbed sticks and went back into my home with him. I heard yelling and a crash. I ran to my door, but Tom's girlfriend stopped me. Soon after, they came out, dragging a strange man with them. It was that guy with kind eyes. I didn't understand what was happening. Tom said he put two and two together with all the things I told him was going on. When he was standing by the bedroom door near the living room, he smelled urine, so he went around back and looked through the slats in the bedroom window and saw that man under my boxes hiding. He must have been eluding me for at least two weeks. The sheriffs were called, and they told Tom that they were looking for that guy for other crimes. To think that guy was just five feet from me, eating my food, probably watching me sleep, and God knows what he was doing when I wasn't home. What were his plans, and why was he there? After that day, I changed the locks and got a dog. If you're reading this, thank you, Tom. This happened in 2007 when I was 19. I was attending college in what I thought was a very safe southern town with a population of about 30,000. I was lucky enough to have a modest place to myself because my family owned property in a suburban area that they no longer used. The house was very small but sat in the middle of a two-acre fenced-in lot with a lot of pine trees and shrubbery. So, Saturday night, some friends picked me up and we went to a few parties, hung out at their house, nothing major. They dropped me back off at my house at around 1 a.m. I had or have two dogs that usually sleep in my room, but this night they were being restless, so 
I put them in the living room and closed my bedroom door so they couldn't keep bothering me. I immediately fell asleep. A few hours later, I woke up and saw a man climbing in my bedroom window through the shades. My bed was pushed up completely against the wall by the window, so by the time I saw him, he already had a knife to my throat and his hand over my mouth. I don't think I intentionally left this window unlocked, but I'm a 5'11 girl and it was almost out of my reach from the ground. It was also incredibly narrow, like maybe one and a half feet high, three feet across. It never even crossed my mind that someone would or could break in through that window. My first feeling was absolute rage. I remember that more than anything. I could instantly tell I had no idea who he was. His cheeks were really hollowed out and he was very thin. He was also older than me, maybe in his 30s. He said, if you don't scream, I won't kill you. His voice was so calm. I remember later thinking that his tone was so normal we could have been discussing the fucking weather. He took his hand off my mouth, which was now bleeding from his fingernails. I told him I had money I could give him. He could have my car. I just started rambling on about any possession I could think of, and he said, That's not what I'm here for. To cut the combo short, this lunatic held me down for probably five minutes, just fucking talking to me. I asked him things like how he knew I was there. He said it was a lucky guess. By then, my dogs had started freaking out in the living room, and he seemed to get a little unnerved. He became more serious, started groping me, and told me to lay down. I had bunched myself up into the corner of my room or bed. When he let go of me for just a second, I was able to push him off and dive headfirst out my window. When I fell, I landed on a metal lawn chair that he drug up from the yard. I was only sleeping in my underwear when this happened, so in addition to the scrapes on my mouth, my whole body got pretty bruised and scuffed up from the fall. I immediately got up and ran as fast as I could to my neighbor's house, who happened to be a state trooper. Time has never been slower than it was when I was standing outside, banging on his front door. When he answered the door, I quickly told him what had happened, and he grabbed a bulletproof vest, a gun, and ran toward my house. His wife called 911, gave me some clothes, and helped me clean up a little. Running had taken a layer of skin off the bottom of my feet, and I had left bloody footprints on their carpet. They never found out who it was. My friends that dropped me off said they saw a man with red hair walking down my road. It was too dark in my room for me to know what his hair color was exactly. I could tell he was left-handed by the way he held the knife. The police were beyond unhelpful. They only told me that he had to have been watching me for a while to know that I lived there alone and what room was mine. A couple years later, a man was arrested for a previously unsolved murder and sexual assault in 2005 of a girl a few miles from my place. He was never charged with anything relating to the murder in 2005, but his semen was found at the crime scene, and he lived in her building. The cops fucked up that case pretty good. He had red hair and was left-handed. It all started over a year ago living in my current small neighborhood. It was unusually hot in our house for October, and my sister figured it'd be a good idea to keep her window open for a bit of air. She was doing her homework, and I was getting ready for bed when suddenly she bursts into my room. She frantically says that she heard some noises outside, sounds of leaves crunching under a person's steps. I believe it to be an animal, so I walk into her room and stay there for not more than five minutes until I hear leaves crunching. We quickly glanced out the window only to hear the sound of something running away into the woods, but that wouldn't be the end of this story. During the winter, I enjoy exploring the woods towards the back of the house, climbing trees and traveling further back to the fields. I remember the events very clearly. It had just snowed that night, 
first snowfall of winter, and I was more than excited to head out there. I did so and climbed up my usual tree to look out. I gave a cursory glance around me and at the ground when I noticed something strange. Footsteps leading away from my house. This wouldn't be weird as long as front of the footsteps didn't end pointing straight at my house and the origin of them came from a seemingly long-off start. I tracked them down to a point where there was a rusty wire fence covered in snow where they disappeared. October 2017, it started up again. I was laying in my bed, pitch dark, not a light shining through my room when I heard it. My doorknob turning and my door creaking open. My heart stopped. Every single possibility of what it was rushing through my mind. Keep in mind, my door is always shut when I go to sleep. Since I was covered by my blanket, I quickly shot my sister a text. Did you just come in my room? She replied with a sharp, uh, No, I'm all the way in Hilliard. My heart began pumping fast. I slowly stuck my hand under my pillow and grabbed my baton, sent a text to my dad, and waited. My dad came in mere minutes later with a knife, shot on the lights, and I jumped out of my bed. Searched the entire house with nothing. The alarm was set and all doors locked. Impossible. There's no way that happened otherwise. My dad and mom were asleep and a cat would have opened it much faster if it jumped at the doorknob. You best believe I didn't sleep a second that night. Fast forward to December. My relatives in town staying for a week in the basement. We turn on the alarm and all head to sleep. I stayed up gaming. In the morning, at around 2.30, maybe 3-ish, estimated since I wasn't aware what had transpired, my uncle slowly opened his eyes with a feeling of being watched. His eyes adjusted a bit to the dark, and before he saw it, a guy, average height, scrawny, hair flowing in the wind, and shivering, looking inside their room through the window. My uncle screamed and they grabbed the baby before taking off upstairs. That morning, I was informed what happened. I looked for footprints and saw only the smallest sign of a footprint, a front toe print made by what I could only assume was a sneaker. My uncle gave me more details without me telling him I looked for footprints and he said the guy was leaning to the left looking in. The footprint matched his story. The left had a thin line of dirt anyone could have shimmied across. Now, that leads to tonight, the night I could swear he or whatever it was had been in our house. I couldn't sleep. Life has been stressful lately, and I was up pretty much all night until I tried getting rest. Every night, I've had string Christmas lights dimly lit the room until tonight. I figured the lights must have been interfering with my sleep, so I unplugged them and headed off to sleep. Pillow over my head, I started to drift off. Until it happened. A quick strum of my guitar and the sound of something falling over, with a desperate attempt to stop it from hitting the ground, filled the room. This sound ignited my heart rate, saliva developing at an extreme speed, made it hard to not swallow. I could feel the presence of someone in my room. Realizing I left my baton on my desk, I did the next logical thing, pretend I was asleep. I tried and laid there for what felt like hours, when in reality it was only a few minutes, until I heard a whimper come from my sister's room. Imagining this may be the day everyone in my family was silently murdered but me, I gathered all the courage I had. I grabbed my phone and turned on the flashlight and grabbed my baton. I busted into my sister's room and screamed, Hey! Only to see. They were unharmed. My sister asked what in the hell I was doing, and I just stood there, looked into the pitch black of my room, and cried. I have never in my life felt the overwhelming emotion of believing my family was going to be taken from me until today. I sit here in my chair writing this in hopes to document my experiences, 
and try to come up to some logical conclusion. All I can come up with is that there is some guy stalking my family and perhaps sneaking into our rooms at night. If anything else happens, I'll make sure to keep everyone updated. Please forgive me if this sounds like a mess. This only happened three hours ago at the time I'm writing this. I'm a little shaken, but luckily I wasn't seriously hurt and nothing else of value was taken. For a little background info, I live in Australia. My house is on a hill, has an upstairs and downstairs, in which I have the downstairs, which has a large kitchen and fridge, dining room table, etc., and a bedroom with a TV, lounge, and bed. One important fact is that I have a side yard above my sloped backyard, which can be accessed through the garage into the downstairs through a storage hallway. Sorry if that seems confusing, as this house is very old. So, it all starts around about yesterday. As I was trying to get to sleep, I swear I could have heard footsteps pacing about the side yard. I brushed it off as I owned two dogs and it was probably just them. I woke up, however, to find one shoe in the yard. It was an old Nike runner shoe, covered in dirt. Once again, I have two dogs, so I put two and two together and thought that they found a shoe in the backyard and dropped it in the side yard. Nothing too out of the ordinary. Fast forward to tonight. It's about 12 a.m.-ish, and I was watching some YouTube. I decided to call it a night, but I was hungry. So I got up to go raid my fridge as usual, but as I opened the door of my room to my kitchen, there was an absolutely horrifyingly skinny, wrinkly, bearded man staring at me in the middle of the room. He looked like a crackhead that ran out of ice. We have a crystal meth epidemic over here. And he was wearing a 4X beer singlet with short blue pants. I promptly shit myself hard. I yelled out and tripped backwards onto my ass. And as soon as I laid eyes on him, he ran off through the storage hallway and disappeared into the night. At first, I honestly didn't know what just happened. I thought it was some kind of ghost. So I get up, shut the door behind me, and run upstairs to my parents. They go down and say that the place was trashed and the door to the side yard was wide open, even though I had locked it. That's when it hit me that I stumbled across an intruder. But when I left downstairs, nothing other than a chair he knocked over was moved. But when I came back, a lot of the stuff on the counter was moved or thrown off, as well as chairs and a vacuum cleaner meaning that he came back into the house and trashed the place in a span of one and a half minutes. Nothing of value in my bedroom was taken, luckily, as I had a laptop and phone in there. The door was still closed, but from my kitchen drawer, one of the large kitchen knives were missing. We, of course, called the police, and they went looking for him. They say his description matches up with someone on the run for burglary in the area. I think that since I closed the door behind me when I ran upstairs, he thought I was still in the room and therefore didn't go in it. That's just my theory. But it's almost surreal knowing how close I was to potentially being murdered with my own kitchen knife in my own house. This happened some time ago, but nothing even close has happened since, and it took me a long time to realize the gravity of the situation. I lived in a share house with three other guys at the time. However, they were all at their various jobs, and I worked night shifts at a nearby gas station. I was in bed after a shift, fast asleep, and I started to wake up, not really knowing why. There was a period of about 15 to 20 seconds after I began to wake up of silence followed by a knock at the door. At this point, having just woken up, I was still trying to get my bearings. However, I realized that I must have woken up from someone knocking at the door. Another 15 to 20 seconds passed in silence, and I start to think, maybe it was just a door-to-door -door salesperson or charity collections or whatever, and figured they must have left. 
so I start to relax a little at this point. Then the entire front of the house starts to shake, and I can hear what sounds like someone hitting the front wall with a sledgehammer. At this point, I can't really process what the hell is going on. My first thoughts are since we lived across from a train station, this must be because of the activity at the station, like maybe a freight train grumbling past. I don't know why I thought that, but in my mind, it was the most logical thing. All of a sudden, the banging stops momentarily. It resumes after five seconds. By this time, less than two minutes had passed since I woke up. However, it felt like my brain had only just started working. I realize now that at the very least, something was happening to the front of the house that I didn't like. The bangs were very loud, and the house was pretty old and warped, almost entirely made of wood. At this point, I started to panic because I could feel the shaking frame starting to give under the blows. So I did the only thing which I could think of and started yelling and screaming unsteadily at the front of my house. From memory, I think I frantically yelled something like, What the fuck are you doing? It was a flight or fight response. I didn't even have time to think to formulate a plan or go out the back door or even call the police. Almost as suddenly as it started, the banging stopped and I heard some footsteps outside running away. For some reason, this gave me confidence and I looked around for a weapon to grab before I went outside to confront whoever this was. Really fucking stupid, I know. I remember thinking the handle felt a little weird when I opened the door. However, by the time I got outside, they were gone, nowhere to be seen, almost as if they had never been there at all. I should mention at this point that I was getting about two hours of sleep a day before my graveyard shifts, so I was a little sleep-deprived, and I knew I wasn't really thinking clearly. So I started to question whether anything had happened at all. When I went outside, I looked for any signs of damage to verify for sure whether this had really happened or not. Then I saw the front door and realized why the handle had felt odd. The flimsy wooden door had been struck next to the handle repeatedly and started to splinter. If they had kicked the center of the door, I'm sure their foot would have gone right through it. But they were kicking next to the handle, closer to the frame where it was slightly stronger. One or two more kicks and they would have been inside. The police came later and I filed a report. However, nothing was stolen and there was nothing stolen from the unlocked garage beneath the bedrooms. They were either too stupid to check the downstairs first or they weren't looking to steal anything. And that, dear listeners, brings a close to these true home invasion stories. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberlane is treating you comfortably. If you're awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. In the meantime, please take care of yourselves. I'll be reading to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or good evening. Peace, love, and light to you all.
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.